For decades, we've helped Tom's family with parenting, adoption, and what it means to be pro-life. It's just typical of the way Focus on the Family has worked over the years. They just provide very practical, biblically-based things that help people to make the right choice and, and support people in ways that really are necessary. That's why Tom and his wife give monthly, to encourage and equip other families. Focus on the family is out on the front lines of things that you know are necessary in the culture and in, in the community, and we as Christians are called to support God's work in that way. It's just a blessing to us to be a part of it. I'm Jim Daly. I'm inviting you to give monthly so that together we can save even more families. Join our Friends of Focus on the Family team by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com slash family. Facing a storm together as a couple can really uh, be the test of the strength of your relationship. And for my wife, Dina, and me, uh, over the years, we've had some health challenges, certainly have had some financial pressures, extended family strife, and then raising six children, we always had something. How do you remain emotionally engaged and close in the relationship when everything is crushing in on you? We're going to hear about that today, and uh, thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. They lead the Focus on the Family Marriage Team, and uh, I listed a few things that Dean and I have experienced. Erin, how about you and Greg? Yeah, I think back to before we came to Focus, one year prior to that, we had adopted our daughter. So we had three kids and adopted number four. And as Annie walked through her grief of losing a nanny that she was very connected to, she had a really hard time connecting with me initially. Took some time and it was stressful on Greg and I because Annie adored Greg. So she would stroke I mean, his you face get it, right, John? and yeah. kiss John him adores me as well. And then push me away. You know, oh. it was awful. You felt, yeah, you felt yeah, rejection. I felt so a much rejection. Times, yeah. But thankfully we we battled through that and Annie and I absolutely broke through that and definitely formed an attachment. But then within eleven months we packed up and moved to Colorado. Lots of stress. So there. I would say a little bit, a little bit. probably one of the most stressful times we have ever been through and we probably had some of the most enormous conflict we have ever had in our marriage <laughs> granted here we are so we obviously worked through it <laughs> remember that huge fight that we had at the fondue place yes. to where the only reason it didn't get out of control because the, <laughs> the the server kept checking back because yeah. she could tell ta- something was going on did he keep on. taking the sharp pointy <laughs> yeah. sticks away from yes. y'all yeah. <laughs> let me let me remove this we weren't done well, here, try the spoon I think the spoon yeah. works better well I'm glad you pushed on oh, through you two word. are a testament to uh, enduring difficulties and we're going to hear now from somebody who's thought a lot about it and gone through a few uh, trying seasons himself, Gary Thomas. He spoke with Focus President Jim Daly about building blocks to help you and your spouse when there's a difficulty. So my storm story, we can relate to marriage. So I, in August, I buy a snowblower when we bought our house here in Colorado. I thought, I'm ahead of the curve. In fact, the guy at the store said, you're really thinking outside the box. (laughs) It's August, you know. So I got it. I put the oil in it, put the gas in it, started up. It ran great. I shoved it into the corner of the garage. The first snowstorm here came two feet in October. Mm. I went and pulled that thing out, went to start it, and the engine had seized after running just like for three minutes. 
So then I got stuck. I couldn't buy a snowblower. We you were couldn't get out of your big driveway. storms and they yeah. were sold out. And I thought all that preparation and it still went down. So how's that relate to marriage? <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there are three building blocks. I relied somewhat on the research of Dr. Archibald Hart and Dr. Sharon May, which is fun because it's a father-daughter team. Yeah, who she's their great. Book Dr. Hart has gone on to glory. Uh, Dr. May is still writing and, and teaching. But they talk about the three building blocks of emotional connection. And that's where you don't want your snowblower to have <laughs> the immediate. And the three things they talked about were trust which is so key. And it's not just issues of betrayal that you're not going to be unfaithful to me. It's if you say you're going to pick up the bread, pick up the bread. If you're going to be there for your kid's event, be there for your kid's event, that trust is so key to intimacy. Mm. Uh, betrayal is to a marriage what dynamite is to a door. I mean, it just blows it apart. And we too often think of betrayal just in the terms of you know, sexual unfaithfulness. But we need to build trust in, in other areas. The second thing was emotional availability. And this can be tougher for guys. It's just that I'm making myself available for my wife. I'm letting her explore. I'm, I'm exploring. I, I'm being there so that I can be present with her in her issues and she can be present in mine. And then sensitive responsiveness. And I, this was helpful for me because so often as a guy, our wife says something that's hurting her. And our first thing is, okay, I'm going to fix that. I can take care of that. You're not going to have to mm-hmm. deal with that. And what they really want to know right now is that there's a sensitive response. You want to fix it because you don't want to have to live through this with me. That The process matters so much to our wives. And so if you lose trust and emotional availability and sensitive responsiveness, you're on your road to getting further and further and further apart. But those are also three tools that couples can use to begin to rebuild their marriages. Uh, uh, Give an example where a wife had to be sensitively responsible. She was the one in the book I, I talked about where she had had an affair. Her husband was really grilling her one night. He was trying to catch her like a detective. Well, you said you went there, and you said he called you there, and, that, and how could those both be true? And so he asked her again, and she said, David, you've asked me that question a hundred times, and I'll give you an answer a hundred times. I'm so sorry for what happened, and I understand why you're doing it. it was so, she wasn't being defensive. She was almost saying, I, I get why you're suspicious. It makes sense. And so I'm going to be sensitively responsible. Where it doesn't go well, and I, I see guys do this more than women, they'll confess and say, well, when are you going to get over it? Hmm. Maybe never. Right. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a sensitive response. It's understanding, I put this fear in you. I put this hurt in you. I put this suspicion in you. I get it. It's, it's on me, not on you. I'm not asking you to get over it. I'm willing to bear it. I always appreciate Gary Thomas and his insights. And Greg, um, we just need to sometimes to vent to get things out of our system. I don't do that so well. I tend to just kind of let loose. How do you maintain the building blocks that Gary referenced there and and still be honest about the pain that we're dealing with? Well, I love what he said. I mean, you think about the importance of trust, that emotional availability, that sensitive responsiveness. I mean, all that to me requires – an open heart. Like if I'm really going to do that, I I can't be so shut down in such a reactive state. Instead, I want my heart to be open. Thus, those are the kinds of 
fruit, in essence, the fruits of the Spirit. That's the stuff that pours out of my heart when when it's open. And, and I think it's so key in those situations that I have to be willing to notice the pride that's really taken over. It's so easy when, when Aaron and I get into an argument for me to get prideful. It, there's, there's a great verse in Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. And mm. in, in that, that's all pride. That's kind of a like, convicting verse yeah, right there. Especially the, I love that phrase, vain conceit. That means that I'm excessively proud of my mm. own perspective. Mm. And, and that's often, well, most of the time, if not always, that's where I get stuck. I'm, yeah, really? I'm not even looking at Erin right now because she's got this big old grin. <laughs> it's true, though. When when we you know disagree, when we argue, I'm not going to show up with trust and in, in availability and sensitivity because I'm so convinced that how I see it is right. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to keep debating, arguing, convincing her, defending myself, all that. But that's pride. And so if I can remember... That, that it's the pride that usually manifests first within conflict. And again, regardless of what she's doing. So I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, she's, Aaron's doing everything mm-hmm. right and perfect. I mean, she is, but I'm not going to admit that on air. Um, if I'm willing to then humble myself and, and really go to a place of, okay, God, all right, convict me. Lord, wh- what do I need to do in this moment? Um, I want to be humble. I want to be open to really hearing her first. And when I'm willing to be humble, that that's a game changer. Mm-hmm. And thus, that's when she's probably going to feel safer and there's going to be a little bit more trust and sensitivity, responsiveness, the things that Gary talked about. Yeah. I think it, it's predicated on our ability to, to move from pridefulness to humility. Mm-hmm. And if we don't make that move willingly, God will often help us along the way. <laughs> yes, he, he will. is so <laughs> kind in that way. Or he uses your wife to <laughs> let you become aware. <laughs> yes, God at work. Yes. I, I, uh, I welcome his input. The Holy Spirit sounds exactly like Aaron. That's so weird. <laughs> well, we are having fun with something that obviously can be a, a serious topic. And if you're really uh, struggling right now, if you've got a season of difficulty, Uh, We have a free article online called Finding Stability Amidst Marriage Stressors, and uh, we're going to link over to that. It's going to help you frame your perspective uh, for what you're dealing with, and maybe it'll open your eyes to see what God might be doing. Uh, Again, that's a free article. Look for it in the show notes. And then for further uh, reading, get a copy of Gary Thomas's excellent book, Making Your Marriage a Fortress. It is encouraging and practical. It'll offer some really good guidelines for finding peace during a tough time. We'll send that book to you when you make a generous donation of any amount to the ministry today. Uh, Donate uh, on a monthly basis or uh, make a one-time gift, and we'll send the book to you. The details are in the show notes. We'll hear more from Gary Thomas next time about being intentional as a couple. And for now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, Thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. If the fights with your spouse have become unbearable, if you feel like you can't take it anymore, there's still hope. 
Hope Restored Marriage Intensives have helped thousands of couples like yours. Our biblically-based counseling will help you find the root of your problems and face them together. Call us at 1-866-875-2915. We'll talk with you, pray with you, and help you find out which program will work best. That's 1-866-875-2915.